welcome to the No Risk Business Performance Podcast, where we discuss all things very small business, from the challenges to solutions to failures and victories. I'm your host, Judah Boulay, and I'm ready to roll, so let's do this. Folks, welcome to the No Risk Business Performance Podcast. Today, I'm excited to be having on the show my first business coach and first mentor, somebody who really was instrumental in helping me make my business a success, Jamie Gallagher. Um, Jamie owned a CrossFit gym, and he sold that a couple of years ago, and he's now um, working in commercial real estate, as well as residential real estate in Alexandria, Virginia. So I'm looking forward to a great conversation with Jamie. All right. So I'm super excited to have my first business mentor, Jamie Gallagher. Um, So Jamie, welcome. Um, And uh, I'm excited to have you and uh, to to, um, deep dive a little bit into your brain and the workings of your brain and some background history about yourself and knowledge that I might not know, um, even though we've known each other for, I think, four years now. Um, so maybe a little bit longer. So Jamie, um, introduce yourself, tell us your story, uh, a little bit about your background and what you are up to now. Yeah, uh, Judah, thanks for having me. Uh, my name is Jamie Gallagher. Um, yeah, Judah, I think we, we met around 2017-ish in that, in that time frame, maybe 2016. But uh, uh, a, a deep dive into my brain, that's I hope you have lots of flashlights and, and ropes and stuff because it's, it's crazy in there. Um, with that being said, I grew up in Cleveland, Ohio. Um, I went to Ohio State. Uh, my first career, uh, I was a Marine Corps officer. I served uh, on active duty from 2005 to 2011. Um, after I left the Marine Corps, I started my, my fitness company. It's called Origin Fitness. And for the first two years of, of my fitness career, I basically was like a one-man show. I did boot camps in my neighborhood. I was a contractor to, uh, to a personal training studio in Washington, D.C. I, I, I live in the Washington, D.C. area now um, after I left the Marine Corps. And then... Uh, uh, I also worked at a CrossFit gym, and I also uh, worked at uh, Fort Belvoir training some uh, special ops guys. So it was an uh, introduction by the owner of Trident CrossFit in Alexandria. His name's Chris Smith. He he had a contract with them, and 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 I I worked under that contract. Um, with that being said, I did that for two years, and and one of the reasons why I did that is like one, I wanted to make sure I wanted fitness to be the thing that I did next with my life. So. Um, instead of taking like a big bite and signing a lease on a, on a, on a property or, or even buying a building or something like that, I wanted to make sure one, I could coach people at a high level, connect with people. And once I figured out that, like I had that sort of talent, if you will, I started looking at opening my own CrossFit gym and that, that part was, uh, super opening for me because, as we all know, there's a lot of small business owners that are probably going to be listening to this podcast. It's like, I love fitness. I love baking. I love being a lawyer. I love doing all these, whatever it is that you do, you love doing. And then you're like, I want to go off on my own. And what does that look like? Right? Like you've got to build a business plan. You've got to do all these things. Like, where do you start? 
right? And so I remember I went to Barnes and Nobles and I took out all these business plan uh, creation books and I laid them on the table. I'm like paging through and I'm like, I have no idea what any of this is. I'm so screwed. There's no way I'm going to open up a business. Um, and, uh, and so what I did is I just Googled business plan mentors near me. Literally, that's what I, I Googled. And in Virginia, and I, I, this is probably national, there are uh, organizations called a Small Business Development Center. And I, uh, there's, one in, there's one in Alexandria where I live, and I got hooked up with them. And I had a business plan mentor uh, that I worked with for nine months building my business plan. So when I found the space and, you know, updating the business plan, things like that, I could go to a bank and, uh, and say, hey, here's my business plan. Like my rinky-dink cross-stitch gym that I wanted to open literally was like 100 pages. And, uh, I, you know, I don't, I, I think it's at, I think it's at my office, um, where I work. Um, I don't have it with me or I would, I would show it to you guys, but, uh, yeah, so it was like a hundred pages. And so like going in front of banks, I looked more legit. Right. And they knew I did my due diligence and things like that. Well, fast forward to actually opening my gym. And I, I really want to stress this for like, for what I just said to small business owners, just because you love something, you're a baker, a lawyer, an accountant, a fitness professional, whatever, the moment you sign a lease and the moment people, you expect people to pay money for your services, you are now a business owner. You just happen to do whatever it is, the thing that you are doing to make money, baking, lawyering, accounting, fitness stuff. That is what brings the business in. But if you don't know what you're doing on the business side. It doesn't matter how great of an attorney you are or whatever it is that you do. Your business is going to suffer because you don't have the, the structures in place to, to be able to essentially operate at a higher level. And there's, again, when you're breaking into business, there's people that have been doing business for, they could be only one year more than you or two or five, 10, 15, 20, 30 years longer than you. So they probably have some things in place that have made them successful and long lasting. And now you have to basically ramp up to that speed almost overnight. And the best way to do it is to have a great business plan. So you, when you walk in, you know what you're doing. Your staff knows what their roles and responsibilities are there. Uh, you know, you know, what your roles and responsibilities are, uh, you know, where you want to take the business, all that stuff is laid out. So you're not figuring it out on the fly where you're losing customers because you're not organized. You're losing customers because your marketing is not on point. You're losing customers basically because you just don't know what you're doing. And that's the fastest way a small business can go out of business is to start from day one without a solid plan. Or a pandemic. Yeah, well, sure. And, <laughs> and, and, and again, that's something that like, that's like once in a hundred years. Right, right, right. You can't really plan on that. Right. Right. And, and, and that really threw us through everyone through a, a huge, huge job. Uh, uh, I mean, it's just like. Yeah. Cool. But the thing is, though, if you have everything else in line, when something catastrophic or once in a lifetime comes around, the ability for you to mo more, more likely withstand that um, is is there. Yeah. You know, it's you a yeah, higher risk of survival. Yeah, it's higher. Um, you know, uh, one of one of my uh, buddies 
that that you know too, uh, Matt Scanlon. He used to say something like, "There's three ways that you exit business. You go out of business. You pass your business on to like a, like a family member or something like that because you're retiring out. Or three, you sell it, whether that's to an employer or someone else. Like I don't know if there's another way that people get out of business. So like even like part of your plan is like what's your exit strategy? What do you and, and it might not be clear from day one what your exit strategy is, but it is something that like as a business evolves to like insert that language, you know, somewhere in your in your notes or your business plan to ensure that if something does occur, you you have a way to get out um, that is the most beneficial to you, whatever that looks like. And it could be going out of business just straight up. So what year? So um, what year did you open? your business the origin fitness not yeah. when like when you signed the lease and all that what year was that no it was 2013 all right and then you sold 2018 2018 so um you had a very successful gym mm -hmm. um what was your impetus for selling what was was that your in your exit strategy to leave in five years or what what i'm i'm not going to get in the particulars of uh of what was my impetus to start thinking about it? Because it's, uh, it's, it's, it's quite frankly, it's very, uh, it's kind of, it's kind of damning at, for the situation. Um, so let's just put it this way: we did something great for one of our members, and people complained about it, and it happened to do with the death in the family, and uh, that that was like a year prior to me selling, and and that really upset me. It's like. Uh, these are the types of people that I'm serving and, you know, working hard for and my staff's working hard for. So anyways, fast forwarding uh, to the next year, that was 2017, 2018. Um, what I noticed in, in, in my business and other fitness uh, businesses is that we, we would go through like a two year cycle of like turnover. And one of the things like, like, and we had a pretty big staff and when you're hiring in, in in my case hiring 20 to 24 year olds mostly you're going to have kids you know these young adults these you know right out of college whatever they're going to want to go do something else they're not going to want to work in this in at my business for the next like decade or or longer like it's just not a it's not a realistic expectation and um quite frankly uh we had some turnover happening uh in the summer of 18 and I did not want to train a staff again from zero, like knowing nothing or hiring in and train, like just because you know how to coach doesn't, doesn't mean you know how to coach like the, the, the way that I want you to coach. Like it's totally, it could be totally different, right? And, uh, and I, did, I just didn't want to do it again. And that is like the main driver. I'm like, you know, I canceled the trip to Hawaii like, yeah, like, so there's things like that. And, you know, I talk about like the, the plan, right? Like the business plan. And my plan always was, was like for me to not be the face of the business. Like I wanted to step back and have my staff run most of the classes, do most of the personal training. I wanted to be the person who brings the business in, right. you know? And, uh, and so like me then like going in and running a business and then coaching like 20 classes a week, that, that was not something I wanted to do nor could sustain and then also train up like new people who 
because again, when people are paying, uh, you know, 200 plus dollars a month in training fees, they don't want the, the intern from the, from the local college to like, they want the professional who's been doing it. Right. And right. That, that have built trust, like just bringing people in. Like, so, um, yeah, it was, it was a matter of me not wanting to train the staff. And, uh, I reached out to a couple of people I knew that were interested and that was it. Yeah. I think we both have similar reasons for, you know, um, leading up to selling. So that was one of the major reasons for me, um, selling, um, no risk, my CrossFit side. So, all right. So then you sold the business, right. And what was next? Did you have a, a plan or, um, uh, I know you're now in real estate, but was the plan to go into real estate or was the plan to like relax for a few months and figure out what your next step was, um, yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, after I sold, I definitely sat my butt for a couple months, um, trying to figure out what I wanted to do next. Uh, real estate was definitely something that I was looking to do. Um, I was also looking into medical device sales. Um, I, I wanted to still be in sales. Uh, I just, I, I just wanted to kind of like control like a smaller universe, not a, a, a larger universe of, uh, you know, having you know, 200 plus members and uh, staff and, you know, all that stuff that, that I had at the, at the gym. So um, I went on some ride-alongs with the, in fact, I was getting my haircut and I started talking to my barber about like, Hey, I just sold blah, blah, blah. And he's like, Oh, that's great. And this, uh, this guy sitting down was wearing scrubs and, um, and I started talking about medical device sales. And he perked up. He goes, huh? I'm like, are you a doctor? He goes, no, I do medical device sales. <laughs> I'm like, no kidding. And, uh, and so we went on some ride-alongs and things like that. And being in a hospital, I didn't like the smell. I like, I just didn't like any, any part of it. And uh, so I, I, I want again, they were, I think I was going to be offered. And I just, I, I told my, my guy, I'm like, this is not for me, but I appreciate all your time and effort. So um, then I was like, okay, well, and that was literally two weeks after I sold. Like oh, I was, wow. was going to sit on my butt for a couple months and I kind of was like, I was going on these ride alongs and stuff, but I really wasn't like doing anything other than that. Um, and then uh, I started getting antsy around late October, early, early November. So literally like two months after uh, I sold, um, I, uh, this recruiter from a copier company calls me and they're like, Hey, do you want to, do you want to come work for us? And I'm like selling copiers, huh? And in my head, I'm like, I heard it's one of the worst sales jobs ever. And so this is like what I'm thinking in my head, but I said to him, I said, how's your training? They're like, Oh, you get a month of training. Like we, you know, you stay in a hotel for, a, you know, five days a week, you go home on the weekends. Um, you know, we try to prepare you best we can and I'm like, okay. I'm like, I'm like, screw it. I'm like, I'm literally not doing anything. My wife, she, uh, she wanted me to do something like medical device sales where it's base salary plus commission. Well, this had a base salary plus commission. So I'm like, well, it gets me out of the house. If I like it, great. If I don't like it, well, then 
I, at least I've put forth my best effort to try to find a job that's got base pay plus commission. And so I did that and uh, uh, I worked for them for about three months and my, in my territory was, uh, was the company I work for now. And uh, so I walked into their office when I knew I'm like, I'm done. I, I already had like um, started studying for my real estate exam and all that stuff. And uh, <laughs> I walked in there, I go uh, to the office manager. I said, hey, I'm like, I've got a couple of questions for you. I'm like, my first question is, um, you know, who do I talk to about your copiers and printers and stuff like that? And she's like, oh, it's at the headquarters office and, you know, blah, 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 get you that information. And I'm like, okay, I'm like, two, how do I work here? And let me tell you, she was way more interested in question number two. And, uh, and so when I started with the firm, um, I started on the commercial side where I thought like my talents and my connections um, in business would help me with on the commercial side of things. And, and it did, it did, but I was able to ramp up pretty quickly, start, start working with people, things like that. Um, and then, so that was in 20, Nine, early 20 it was like february march of 2019 and then in uh october of 2020 an opportunity to join a residential real estate team came up and the and and it was like almost too good of an opportunity to pass up because the team and the and the team leader is she's really uh outstanding has systems and processes and has like a vision of like how like how where she wants to go and, and things like that and she also has like a, a tremendous record of success and so based on like my background in history and her and the way that she does things we were it was a good match for me to join and uh and quite frankly what's what's the number one thing in in sales right or business it's like relationships i walked past her office every day of my first year and I would say hi to her and her team every single morning. I'm sure sometimes they're like, geez, Jamie, just like leave us alone. But like it built up the our relationship. You know, they knew who I was, they knew like what I was into. Um, so it made like speaking to her and, and her teammates and things like that a little bit um a little bit easier because I already knew who I was and, and things like that. So now um I'm able to do and I'm, I'm really one of the only agents that's, that's permitted to do this. I'm able to do commercial and residential cool. deals. So it, it's a, it's a win-win for everybody. Right. So you're double the killing of them. I mean, I'm trying. <laughs> so, so the, what you did when you did the copy job, you went for a month of sales training or yeah. sales training. So you got free education. I'm assuming like some of the stuff that went over there was entirely beneficial to you to 100%. I mean, it's like you're cold calling, you're doing, you're, you know, you're knocking on doors, like what's your lead in, you know, all that stuff. hundred percent. Right. Yeah. It was cool. I mean, I don't regret it at all. Like right. literally any, any of like my jobs in life, like I, when I was at Ohio state, I waited tables and like uh, that helped with me being able to read people in an instant. You go to a table and it's a, say it's a couple, you know, if they got, they were in a fight before they walked in the restaurant, you could just feel it, you know, right, right, right. Or, or, you know, if people are just looking to have a really good time or whatever. So, um, 
you, there's little nuances of, of facial expressions, body language, all that stuff. And waiting tables, you've got to know that stuff to read the table so you can do a better job serving them and in, 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 in getting a higher tip, right? Like, right. The point is like that tip. And, uh, and so I took that even like when I was in the Marine Corps as an officer, like, how do you read people? Right. You know, like, how, how do you know, you know, like someone bull crapping me, you right. know, all that stuff. Uh, at the gym, uh, I can read people and they sit down for my intros, uh, my intro sessions with them or, or consults uh, or my staff. I mean, even now, like it's all about the little my minutia of body language, eye contact, um, the way people smile. Is it right. genuine? Is it like, I'm just smiling because I have to, you know, all that stuff that, that a lot of people in sales kind of pick up over the years, but it all started, you know, waiting tables. That's cool. Yeah. I, I, uh, I used to bartend and it was probably one of the, my favorite jobs ever because it was fun when I was younger, you know, and I didn't mind staying up to two o'clock at night. But I just love the social interaction with people all night long. Um, and, you know, I also bounced, you know, like, so work the front door and talk about having to read facial expressions and body language, you know. <laughs> um, so that, those, those are useful tools. Um, but now, no, that's, it's interesting because, like, now I think back to some of the times I've been at a table in a restaurant and, like, an uncomfortable situation for me. And how uncomfortable it must have been for the white staff to come over to that table, have they been able to read facial expressions and stuff? So um, that's that's a really interesting uh, um, perspective. Um, all right, so let me backtrack a little bit. So you're in the you owned a gym, right? Yeah. You had a thriving gym business, and you know, so 2013. Um, when did you start getting into business coaching? Um, oh man. Uh, let's see how did that how did that process evolve let's see i think i got into it in 20 either late 2014 early 2015 all right so two years in okay. yeah so, well actually so i opened my brick and mortar at the end, december december 16th uh 2013 so basically it was 2014 so about a year year and some change in you got into business coaching yeah Yep. Well, so what, what drove you to get into business coaching and how did that process happen? Yeah. So I, I found a tremendous value in having that business, uh, business planning coach from the small business development center that, um, when I had my website built by the three, two, one go project, they also at the time offered, uh, business coaching. And so I'm like, okay, you're building my website and I can get this business coaching. So at, I didn't want the momentum I had with my business plan to just like end there. I, I wanted someone that I could, I could call and have calls with and, uh, you know, someone to really kind of like push me in the, in the right direction, maybe, maybe see the forest through the trees type of deal um, that maybe I'm not seeing. And, uh, and yeah, so I got hooked up with, with a, with a business coach that, that helped me tremendously. And then, um, about it, about a year later or so that he left the company and the owner of the three doing project asked me to stay on and, and do business coaching because, you know, they looked at metrics and all that stuff. And, and, uh, I was recommended by 
couple people to to do it and that's how it happened and uh i'm like so you're telling me i get to work with other gyms because it's not like a one-way street here right you know? like i get to learn from from the people i'm helping too like i i i'll be first to tell you i don't know everything like but i try to follow good business principles on how things should be done or you know i develop my, my own philosophy philosophies of like how to be successful in a service-based business, you know, and I, I've always tried to teach that or show it and then also pick up people's, you know, successes along the way too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. Um, because, you know, like, unfortunately, um, 321 doesn't have that, that service anymore. And like they make their websites are awesome now. Like they make great websites. Um, but they, you know, unfortunately they don't have that service. Um, and that's how we met through that, that same company. Um, and you know, you were for me back in 2017, you know, like you helped me see the forest through the trees or the individual trees through the forest and, and mentored me through some very difficult decisions or pushed me towards the difficult decisions I knew I had to make, but, um, didn't necessarily have the, um, the fortitude at that moment to, uh, to, to put action into place. So, um, so you did the business coaching, you, you helped a bunch of gyms. Um, like what value do you see in like business coaching? So, um, yeah, that's, I mean, I think like, uh, having this, you know, help first mentality, like no one, the myth that someone makes it on their own, that they're self-made, is is what it's exactly what it is it's a myth no right. one no one wakes up they go through life and then they become bill gates or you know elon musk or or, or you know one of these like super wealthy people even mildly wealthy people you know like or successful people like that doesn't happen and so um when the chance to to uh help people through business coaching uh came about i jumped on it because I've been in their, their shoes, you know, I, like if it wasn't for my first business coach, uh, his name's Jack Parker with a small business development center. I wouldn't be sitting in this, this seat right now, potentially. Right. So like he, he helped, he helped, you know, develop that. Um, and then my second business coach with three, two, one go, I wouldn't be sitting in this seat if it wasn't for him. And, you know, it, and me helping you, I wouldn't be in this seat if, if I didn't help you. Right. So like I'm on this because I've been helped and I've helped others. And the value is, is that if you can help someone in the same profession or others, you should do it. You should do it. And that's the value because we all thrive. We all thrive when, when, when we are selfless. Right. No, I definitely, um, I totally agree, but you see a lot of gyms who, or gyms or other or any small business really it's not just in the fitness and they're like oh like they don't want to spend the money or they don't they don't see the value or we you know there's something holding them back mm -hmm. um whether it's like a personal pride thing what what do you what do you think holds most people back from taking that next step and investing in a business coach i think uh i think money plays a plays a role that for sure you know like you're like, man, my gym is struggling or my business is struggling. And 
now I've got to drop X amount of dollars. Like I can't afford that. And really you gotta, you gotta flip that and say like, you can't afford not to. Right. You know, and it, and it goes back to when you were doing your business plan, we'll, we'll take a baker. When you were that baker and you wanted to open up your own bakery, did you put in your plan, you know, or did you even have a plan? Really? Did you have a plan? Cause if you had a plan, you created a plan, you put the effort into it and maybe someone helped you build it. Then you might have, you might see the value in a business coach from the, from the very beginning. But if you shoestringed it and you've, and you've got it written down on a, on a notepad, your business plan somewhere, or like what you think you're going to do. And it's not like formalized and stuff like that. You may not see the value in business coaching until it's too late. And then you're, then you're in this like catch 22. It's like, well, I can't afford it, but I can't afford not to like, what do I do? And, and, and things like that. And my, my, my advice to those people, if you are in such like a dire state where it's either you get help or you go out of business, like you're going to go out of business. You might as well invest in the help. Like, you know what I mean? Like if you're there, you invest in the help because you're going out of business. You know, those are the two, two things that are going to happen. Right. So you might as well do the one thing first to see if it saves the business. If it doesn't, it's not the, that you paying that, that money to the business coach and being in, it, being in these meetings, that's not going to cause you to go out of business. Right. It, you're already on that path. Right. So, yeah, I think back to like our first group um, and, you know, there was a couple of gyms that like pulled out and were like, Oh, you know, like we can't afford this anymore. And, and I was just like, no, like now's the time to like really dive into like, let us help you, yep. and, you know, but they just, they, they, whatever it is, they have that, that flawed logic of like saving 99 bucks a month is yep. going to make or break, you know, it's going to make or break them when they're already on this like path to, to struggling. Yeah. It's, it was, uh, yeah. It, but, uh, in, 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 with, with that being said, um, ego does play a role in it. And, and it's not the ego of like, Oh, I can do this. I can pull myself out. It's the ego of like listening to someone who's done it and, and really integrating the things that you like about like what, what the discussion is or the put like pushing you in that direction or something like that, you know, advice is that's what it is, you know, I'm, if, if I'm hired as a coach or as a consultant, you don't have to listen to everything that I do that, that I say, it's more of like, these are best practices. And based on your situation, maybe five out of the 10 things are going to help your business. But if you execute on five of those 10 things, you're going to be in a better spot than you were because you weren't doing any of them. Right. And, and so I, I know that some people, um, that were in other groups that I led, they left because they did not like being told one that what they're doing is it sucks right. Two, that this is, this is how you can kind of pull yourself out. And, uh, you know, and yeah, there's hard truths to that. And right. that's okay. It's not my job to save your business. It's your job as the, the business owner, but you know, I'm being paid to give you best practices. Right. Yeah. And I think, I think back in 2017 um, and early 2018, 
when we first started, like I was, when I came on, you know, like, cause I treated for my business was a hobby business for four years, five years. Okay. And then when I came on, it was, you know, I'm like full-time was just supposed to sustain me. I finally dove deep into like the books and I was like, Oh boy, like <laughs> we're losing, we're losing money each month now. Like, you know, I didn't realize it. And we were, um, you know, probably six months from closing. And the first thing I realized is that like, I'm a science teacher. I, everything I've learned so far, I don't know much about business and I need to educate myself quickly. And that's like the first thing I did realize that, you know, where my lacking was and I hired you guys and I, you know, was fortunate enough to, to get you. And like within six months, I, you had my business turned around, you know, and, you know, and, and coached me through like difficult decisions of like, you know, firing a business partner, you know, which wasn't easy. And it was something, you know, but like you, it, you just like, this is, if you want your business to survive, this is what you have to do. And luckily, like I, you know, listened to you and was able to create something that was like thriving. Um, and then because of the systems we had built, we managed to survive the pandemic quite well. And balanced everything out and I'm in the situation I am today. So, um, it, it really, like, that's the thing, like it's, it's really a necessity and so many people just glance over it as saying, Oh, I can't afford it or, uh, it's not for me. Um, so, um, Can all right. say a couple more things about that yeah. real quick. Um, if, if we're in a service-based business, right. If, if a lot of these, a lot of the small business owners, you know, again, you're a baker, you're an accountant, you're a, a fitness professional, whatever the case may be. Um, it's, isn't it our responsibility as that owner? Like our clients are asking for our expertise, right? In our service, fitness, baking, accounting, lawyering, whatever, right? But isn't it incumbent upon us though to then have a coach that coaches us, right? You know, yes, it is. Any successful person, you read any CEO's book out there, they're going to talk about having someone in their life that is a mentor to them. It, no one knows everything. And if you think that you do, you're about to jump off the cliff of going out of business. There's in it, and maybe you hit some rocks and some, some trees along the way that slow your descent, but you're going to get there because you, you, you don't have the support behind you to help you again, when times are tough, how do you transition? I mean, uh, the CrossFit world went through a huge, uh, upheaval last summer because the CEO, uh, and founder, he, uh, he basically reached his limit. You know, I'm not going to get into the social dynamics of it, but he reached his limit of his capacity as a CEO of that company. He could no longer grow it the, in the direction that it needed to go to thrive in the year 2020, 2021 and going forward. And like that happens, there's nothing wrong with it. Again, um, uh, again, we'll go back to Bill Gates. Bill Gates hasn't been the CEO, I think of Microsoft for what, 20 plus years? You know, uh, the Google's founders, they're no longer running the company. Like there's a time when you reach the point of a company where you don't have the skills anymore mm -hmm. to, to take it to the next level. 
And it's incumbent upon you for the for your staff and employees to recognize that in yourself. And you probably need a business coach or uh, someone like that in your life to say, hey, like you might want to transition, you know, to being like, you know, chairman of the board or some uh, emeritus position or so, you know, whatever the case may be. I know we're we're all small business owners here. And so I'm kind of going off on a, on a weird tangent, but the point is, is that if our clients need us to help them, we also need someone to help us. And, and if we think that's not the case, then we're going to lose in the end. And I think it's similar with you, like you didn't want to train another set of employees, right? So you knew that like in order for you to do the best for your business and your clients, you came to the realization that, you know, like ego's the enemy, right? And anybody can say, Hey, like I can, I can do this. I can withstand this. And like, this is, this is my gym or my business. And I'm going to, you know, but it also takes a bit to, you know, to, to be really reflective and realize that like in order to do the, and this is kind of what happened with me in order for my business to grow with the circumstances I'm under right now, I can't do it as efficiently as somebody else coming in who, you know, um, has a greater passion for this than I do at this time. And because of that, they're in a better position to grow this business, make it worthwhile or make it longer lasting, make it a better experience for the clients that you are deeply involved with, you know? So it's just, it's, it's that balance between ego and being humble enough to realize the limitations of what you can provide. So, um, 100%. I, I mean, you hit the nail on the head on that one, for sure. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, I, like if, uh, if business owners are, are out there and they're thinking about uh, ways to look at the way that you run your, your company is uh, there's a, a, a saying in, in, in the military, and, and I'll say Marine Corps specifically, is it's called flipping the map. And uh, and how I use, what that's useful for is that if you look at the map and you look down, you're looking at it and you're looking at where the enemy is, right? And you're looking at where you are. Well, when you flip the map, you are now looking at it from the enemy's perspective. Yeah. And, and then you're looking at like, like, how can I defeat me basically? So you're looking for gaps in your defenses or whatever the case may be, you know, in the battle plan, you're, you're basically looking for shortcomings. And so in business, um, I used to tell my staff, we have to look at everything from our client's perspective. From the moment they walk in the door to the moment they leave, we have to look at it from their perspective and to see how we can, any sort of shortcomings that we have or, or uh, uh, gaps in our service or something like that, we have to attack that um, to shore those up because there's lots of things we do well, but there's always things we can improve upon. So looking at it from their perspective um, it is always the way that you can grow your business and retain customers. And it's really a low dollar value. It's just being conscious about how can I make things easier? Okay, you know, if you take uh, appointments, is it easy to schedule an appointment? Right. You know, are there are many opportunities to do that on your website. Um, you know, do you have someone who's answering the phones? Uh, like all these different things. What, what does it look like when someone walks in? You know, like how do your, how do, how does your team members greet that person? You know, all that stuff. 
and again, and that also goes back to my restaurant days. Like when someone walk into my gym, someone's greeting that person within 30 seconds. I don't want someone wandering, like looking around and like right. they're wondering, like that's, it's an unprofessional way of doing business. So um, again, that's flipping the map, looking at it from the client's perspective and ensuring that you're shoring up any sort of like perceived weaknesses that you, that you may have. Gotcha. Cool. All right, Jamie, I know you're busy and I don't want to take up too much of your time. I have um, four final questions. They're relatively quick. Um, so, and I ask these of everyone. Um, so if you had to nail it down you're, uh, to three keys for success, what would those three keys for success be? Uh, planning, agility, execution. Awesome. Um, short and succinct. Um, all right. Now, this is this is actually probably the toughest question. Um, if you had to recommend, right, of all the books and resources you've read, if you had to recommend just one book as the must-have book for success, what book would it be? Hmm. Um, I'm going to go back to my military days, my Marine Corps days. There's a book. Um, it's called The Passion of Command written by Colonel BP McCoy. Um, I, there's, there's, that book talks about essentially becoming brilliant at the basics. And, you know, BP's battalion was the battalion in Iraq that tore down the Saddam statue. And, uh, and so, you know, that, that, that was pretty cool. He, he spoke, spoke to my group when I was a second lieutenant and down the road after he retired, I happened to get an email from someone by the name, name of BP McCoy who wanted to join my gym. And he was a member of my gym. And uh, it was like, imagine a, like someone who you looked up to from afar, like now again is wants you to help them. Awesome. And, and BP helped me so much. Like he didn't even know it. Like he helped me as a Marine Corps officer becoming brilliant at the basics in the book, the passion of command. Like that was one of the building blocks of like what I wanted my business to have. Right. Cause we can't do all the high speed stuff. If you're in the military, you can't be jumping out of helicopters and airplanes and stuff like that. If you don't even know how to like take your weapon apart, like you have to be, or if you don't know the basics of like fire and maneuver, all these different things. Like if you don't know the basics, then there's no reason doing something like more high speed. And if you do the basics brilliantly, you're going to be so efficient and so uh, dominant that everything else isn't going to matter. So the book, The Passion of Command, written by BP McCoy, if you buy, it's like 60 pages, it's not a very long read. If you buy it, uh, the proceeds go towards, I believe, the, the Marine Corps, um, uh, one, of, one of the Marine Corps uh, uh, charities. So I'll um, definitely. I'm going to have to check that out, especially yeah. if it's 60 pages. That's a, it's like a one yeah, day. Yeah, absolutely. So anyways, uh, that, that's, that, that's uh, the book that I recommend people read. And you, you know, the, the basics, doing the base, that relates to everything, not just business, right? Mm -hmm. So like, so it relates to like, you know, like we both came from the CrossFit world. It relates to like movement and CrossFit. And now I'm, I'm transitioning into um, business development as well as my sports performance. And even with athletes, it's like, teaching the basic seven movement patterns and making them execute those seven flawlessly 
without all like the gimmicky like YouTube star or Instagram star like um, jumps and all that like the fanciness like if you focus on the seven basics that's um, and do those flawlessly then you make tremendous athletes so uh, it's very relatable all right do you have a favorite quote there's a lot and once again that's a tough one because there's lots of quotes and motivational quotes but is there something that um, that you always come back to or something that just sticks out in your head as that drives you yeah I, I sort of bastardized the quote um so the the former founder of uh, crossfit he he uh he had this quote and it's um we fail at the margins of our experience and so like if you take like a little circle and you're like new at something like when you get to the outer rim of that of that circle you fail but you push the circle out wider so like now you have like a bigger circle to sort of like reach out to and you fail. So like, but saying fail into something that is like, like with a growth mindset, I, I didn't like, so I, the, I changed it to, we succeed at the margins of our experience. I like that. It's awesome. Um, cool. All right. So last question. Um, if you were me and you were interviewing yourself, What's something I should have asked you? You should have asked me about my dog, Willie. <laughs> How's Willie doing? He's doing great. He's yeah. doing great. Uh, uh, audience, I have a uh, German Shepherd. His name's Willie. He's, uh, he's missing his left eye. He was born with a birth defect. And I'm a huge Goonies fan. Um, and, uh, and so I named him Willie, one eye Willie after the pirate. <laughs> That's awesome. My kids terrorized that poor dog when I visited him. <laughs> oh, dude, he loves, he loved, man, he loves kids. He loves people. Now, if you were another German Shepherd, there'd be, there'd be <laughs> trouble. But uh, uh, yeah, he's doing great. All right, Jamie, thanks for your time today. Um, this is a, was an awesome discussion. Lots of uh, valuable information. Um, where could people find you? Yeah, uh, you can find me on uh, uh, Instagram. It's uh, Jay Gallagher. I believe underscore realtor. And then uh, you can hit me up on LinkedIn as well. Jamie Gallagher. Cool. And if you need a house or commercial property in the Virginia area, Jamie is your go-to guy. Thanks for tuning in. That was Jamie Gallagher, um, my first business coach. Um, so next week we'll be back um, with a, another guest uh, to be determined. Um, and we're excited to continually share the information that these um, people who have excelled in the business world or in the leadership world um, and bring that information to you. So until next time. Thanks for listening to the No Risk Business Performance Podcast. Please be sure to check out the show notes for any information pertaining to our guests, as well as to how No Risk Business Performance can help your very small business. If you found the information useful, please be kind and share it with your friends who also own very small businesses so they can benefit from the advice that our guests can provide. I'm your host, Judah Boulay. Thanks for listening, and we will catch you later.